Welcome to Mohobe Nuggets of Wisdom podcast. My name is Mumpulu Kiluruma Mohobe. Our objective is to enthuse, inspire, energize, and empower entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs of all stripes here in BW and beyond. We do so by inviting these entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs into our makeshift studio. Sometimes we call them to the restaurant, sometimes we go uh, to our studio and we ask them to share their experiential knowledge, their experiences and their expertise. And we ask them uh, as many questions as we can aimed at empowering you also as a viewer. Hello dear viewer and listener, my name is Mumpulu Kiluruma Mohobe. I'm so excited, I'm thoroughly, thoroughly excited to have my guest. You'll know why in a moment, but as we start, can I ask you, as we bring you another, you know, mind, you know, mind-shifting uh, episode of Mohobe Nuggets of Wisdom, a really empowering and energizing episode, guys, and you, you'll know why in a moment. I'm saying this for the second time. Uh, but before we start, please, please hit that subscribe button. Welcome to the studio on Rampa. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Okay. Just do me the service of sharing your background and your condensed CV. Wow. Okay. Uh, Owen Rampa, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Mr. O, mm-hmm. uh, a.k.a. Taba Um I've been in the media space or should I say radio and entertainment space for the past 23 years. I started out Broadest Primary School in the 80s. I moved on to Marang. Mm. Uh, then Bogamoso. <laughs> then I moved on to GSS. Okay. Then I went to University of Botswana. And then I got my first radio job mm. in uh, April 1998. Yeah. RB2. That's my school. I spent five years in GSS. Absolutely yeah. fantastic yeah. Those school. Days, those, <laughs> days, those days it was both uh, junior and senior. Oh, no. Yeah. That was way before our time. Yeah. Really senior, hella. Okay. I had the time of my life go, go GSS. I was the bane of most of my teacher's existence. I was the bane of most of my teacher's existence. But yeah, all that is... <laughs> it's, it's way uh, in the past. I yeah. got my first radio job in 98. Go RB2 in April. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I moved on to Gabs FM in 99. And then 2001, I moved to Yaruna FM. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'd like to believe my career in broadcasting really came into its own. You never went to so-called tertiary? I did uh, two years at university. Only two years? Uh, of Botswana, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was bored silly. Mm-hmm. So I left. My okay. parents weren't hearing it. Okay. Um, I'd always wanted a career in broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm-hmm. From as far back as I was, uh, as, as about 12 years, mm-hmm. you know. And then what happened is that my dad got me a radio um, for, for acing my PSLE exams. Mm. And that just made things worse. I was mm. always curious mm. about these voices coming at me from this box mm. and all this fantastic music. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I got my radio set, why, that was it. I was in yes. my bedroom all day, every day. Yeah. 24 hours. And I'd consume all this, this mm. content on the radio and mm. be amazed mm. by how it made me feel. You know, it was a very good companion. Mm. So I made up my mind right then and then that I want to pursue mm. a career in broadcasting and I also want to be uh, a DJ. Like, I want to throw so that, down that's, great music. That, that's when we, we had only, what, one or two radio stations? At the time... We had Bomo Kankara. Absolutely. It was Radio Botswana. Mm. 
and then you were filtering. There are some stations from SA that were filtering in. Boredio Mabat, before Nabo Motuidi, Radio Bob, mm-hmm. you know, and those are the stations that really shaped yes. uh, my perception of the medium. And uh, the presenters there really got me hooked. But Brooks Monano Gago, Radio was on. I was a big fan, you know, yeah. at the time. What is it about super successful radio guys that makes them quit school? I mean, DJ Fresh also quit at UB after two years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at our time, there was no internet per se, you know, access to information like this. There was no Google mm. that I could just click in and get information as to where does one go to study broadcasting. So all you're getting also is, uh, you know, parents who believe that the only careers available because you're doing well at school are law, medicine, engineering, mm. so we're kind of like farmed into that and every time I knew that where my heart was, so mm. at the insistence of my father mm. and ah, man, it, just, it just wasn't for me. And when you, you know? quit, how did you react? He didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, what I did was put a plan in place because I had this dream of, of being on the radio and I knew that I had no space to fail at it. So I equipped myself with every tool available to me at the time um, that would put me in a position where I wouldn't fail at this. Mm. So what I used to do, I used to mimic the presenters on the radio at the time. I used to lock myself in my bedroom. I used to play tennis for the national team yeah, as a junior, under, oh, 18, under 18. Oh, okay. So I had, a tennis, I had all these tennis rackets. That was my microphone. So I'd oh. sit in my bedroom and I'd broadcast a show to this imaginary audience. Yeah. And I'd pick up the best parts to my favorite presenters. Mm. Fresh was one of them at the time. Uh, uh, Dave, DJ Ski, David uh, Mulusi, mm. uh, Skizo. He was one of them. Before he uh, went to, uh, to Washington. Absolutely. No, that was before he went to SA. He was on RB2. Oh, I see. Okay. Bob Mabena, mm-hmm. uh, Glenn Lewis, mm-hmm. Titch Mataz. Wow. So I would take the best parts mm-hmm. of them and I'd incorporate that into my mini studio, collapsing in mm-hmm. my bedroom mm-hmm. during this imaginary broadcast. Mm-hmm. And then I'd read, you know, trade publications. Wow. I'd be at the Botswana Book Center, mm-hmm. go meanwhile. Yes. Trying to get up to speed with urban culture. And at the time, what's on those trade publications? What, sir? What's on those trade publications that, well, that is relevant? Basically, industry news, mm-hmm. you know, trying to pick up on trends, you know, trying okay. to understand. Also, music news. Mm-hmm. You know, at the time, broadcasting was very centered around music. Mm-hmm. So I tried to get as much music knowledge as I could. Mm. And I'd spend hours recording VHS tapes mm. of music shows on television. Okay. You know, so... That was my, it's, mm. Those are the resources I had at, at my disposal yeah. at the time. Yeah, yeah. And when the chance came, how did that chance came? And then you'll tell right. us what happened at that chance. All right. I'll, I'll remind you. Okay. So I'm cruising through UB. Uh, I'm struggling with the dichotomy uh, between public administration and political science. It's an assignment I was once given to UB that had me dizzy mm. for a long time. And I was like, no, I, I can't. I know what I want to do. I happened across a newspaper ad in the Daily News, but they're looking for presenters go RB2. And I was like, God works in mysterious mm. ways. This is it. You were more than ready. I was ready. Mm. So I put in an application. My application was unique. It was different. It wasn't your typical I hereby mm. apply for. Mm-hmm. It was really very straight to the point. Hi, my name is Owen Rampa. 
I'm the next biggest thing on the radio. If you don't take me now, you're going to regret it mm. because there's two new broadcasters that are coming up in 1999 and these are Gebs FM and Yarona mm. and you guys are going to kick yourselves for not taking, not taking a chance on me. In I an have, application letter. That was my application letter. <laughs> I have zero experience but I have this undying belief that this is for me mm. and all I ask mm. is one chance. Mm. And on the strength of that, I think the panel was curious mm. or they were offended, you know, mm. by the, the, the arrogance or the overconfidence, yeah. but it was curious enough, you More know, like it was interesting enough for them to want to see yeah. this young upstart. Yeah. You know, I was 21, 22 at the yes. time. Yes. And we got called for auditions. Mm -hmm. There were about 80 of us in a room and it was very clear. They said, guys, this year we've changed. RB2, we no longer ask for a voice test. We no longer ask you to read this passage in Setswana or this passage in English. Mm. What you're going to do is go into the library, select some songs, go into the production studio with a technical producer, mm. and you're going to present a 20-minute show. Mm. It will be recorded, and we will evaluate you from those recordings. Based on your performance. The room went silent. Mm. I cracked a smile. Mm. because I had been living that life mm. in my bedroom mm. every night. Wow. So I was ready. Oof. I was ready. So I, ready I, and I hungry. that. Yeah. And I got the job. I got mm. my first radio job on RB2. And of course, you passed that evaluation with flying colors. Um, it seems that way because I went straight from zero to hero. Like, I went from training onto weekday primetime radio. Mm. I had a midday show, Monday to Friday, from 12 to 3, mm. which was pretty much unheard of at the time. Yeah. Well, I think you're the GOAT. Um, I hope you don't mind. Um, thank you. I, yeah. I, I still think I had a short-lived career mm. on air because I was more interested in the back so far end you're the goat. of radio. Thank you. I, I, think I, so. I appreciate um, that, sir. And, 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 and let's talk still about the early radio career. What were the obstacles? What were the challenges? Perceptions. Mm -hmm. It wasn't perceived as a career at the time. Um, the attitude, as I, as I stated earlier, was uh, you must get a formal job, get a mm. formalized education. Basically, the whole cycle, yeah, go to school, get a degree, yeah. get a job, you know, get yeah. a nine-to-five. Yes. That's how you, you mm. make it mm. you know, in life. So the perceptions. Yeah. Also, it, commercial radio at the time was a whole new concept. Mm. So there was uh, curiosity, but there was also a, a lack of understanding on exactly what this is mm. and how it's going to function and how you're going to make a living yeah, yeah. out of this. You know, that, so that, those were some of the... perception. What about now dealing with your dad? When he discovered, how did it happen? His friends kept asking him. Like, there's this kid on the radio who says his name is Owen Rampa. Mm. And we really think he sounds like... Your son. Your son. Mm. Is it? And that's how my dad came to find out about... And how did he react? He was shocked. He was um, disappointed. He was let down. Hore. I dropped out of university mm. to pursue this. Mm. But it also drove me. It was my, also my motivation that I need to excel at this mm. to prove to him that I have, a plan. Yeah. I have a plan and I'm going to make it uh, a, a reality. Yeah. And I also kept throwing Fresh as a poster boy Mm -hmm. in his face, DJ mm -hmm. Fresh, like, yeah. look what Fresh did. Yeah. You know, Fresh walked this path. Yes. And look where he, he is He also now. quit after two years yeah. or something. Quit yeah, school after two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I did go back to school. Um, I, I, had, I do have a, a course in broadcast management from oh. Rhodes University. As a, as a diploma? No, no, no. Not a degree? Not at all. 
<laughs> it just a, what a short it, course. It was a, it was a short course. Mm. It, it is. Uh, Why do you forcefully say not at all when I say degree or because um, I'm of the you know I have nothing against formalized education. Mm -hmm. In fact, I'm currently studying for a, a master's. Mm. You know, but I want people to really understand that education comes in many different shapes and forms. And you don't necessarily learn it in the four corners of a classroom. Mm -hmm. But it's dependent upon you as a human being what your commitment level is in terms of increasing your knowledge mm -hmm. of the things around you, how the world works, how business functions. You know, there's so many channels and ways that you can gather this. Mm -hmm. And it all depends on how you're going to pay attention mm -hmm. to these processes. But in Africa, we place a lot of... Um, how would you say emphasis it? on that, and that emphasis piece of paper yeah. on that formalized education yeah, structure no, and, I know, and, I know. and there's nothing it's wrong not just with Africa it. it's just the whole world yeah. I think there's nothing wrong with it but let's open our, mm. our minds to the I fact have, that yeah. you can access education in many different different forms in that part of the early career what, what did you say were, were the highlights were, or, 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 or the aha moments if you like for me wow it was well getting a job straight onto weekday radio. It's a big thing, you know, prime yeah, time huge. radio from the start. Mm. Getting poached by Gabs FM after a year, which was a new broadcaster mm. um, in 99. Um, getting trained by some of the best in terms of the radio game mm. at the time. Um, Sydney Baitzile. Mm -hmm. um, we had this other broadcast consultant from Canada named Daniel Feist. He was amazing. That guy mm. really opened my eyes to, to broadcasting as a business mm -hmm. and content creation and development. And another guy from New Zealand called Shane Huntley, who mm -hmm. I'll never forget. That one completely... These guys are your heroes and your mentors. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. From a training and development uh, perspective, mm -hmm. in terms of broadcast management mm -hmm. and understanding how the whole business of radio functions. So this Hickley guy, what did he do or say? Um, Huntley. Huntley, sorry. Huntley used to speak about the magic the magic of broadcasting, creating magic on air, creating that emotional connection with your audience. You know, he used to talk about consistency uh, leading to familiarity, mm -hmm. leading to loyalty mm -hmm. when it comes to the content development chain. Mm -hmm. You know, so he, man, that dude, he was about breaking boundaries, you know, pushing the envelope. Mm -hmm. And that's been my approach uh, mm -hmm. in, in a way in terms of my, my okay. broadcast career. Okay, any other harm or moments? Earlier? Yeah, subsequently then being poached again by Yarn FM from mm -hmm. Gabs FM, mm. you know, and then I went into management. Mm. Uh, I started out as a music compiler while I was doing the breakfast show by Yarna. then I became the music manager, then I became the programs manager, mm. and then I became the, the station manager. Okay. Yeah. Great stuff. Mm. Now, let's talk about a company known as Radio Works. Um, how was it formed and what does it do? After... <sighs> Plenty of years um, in radio and broadcasting, I kind of like got a little bit, you know, fatigued and unchallenged. I'd reached, you know, a particular level that now I felt I need to just break out of this ceiling, you know. Mm. So I stepped back and set up this, this company. It's a consulting firm that deals with broadcast management mm -hmm. uh, and consulting for broadcasters. Uh, it deals with, you know, programming content and development uh, production and promotion, sales and marketing from a broadcasting perspective, and just you know structuring um, a, a broadcast business to make it functional and profitable. Because um, those are the skills that I acquired over 
the, the years. You know, we've done. I have a surprise for you, sir. Yes, sir. You are an entrepreneur. You may not want to be labeled <laughs> as one. I think I just take maybe up. maybe share with the viewer why you don't like the label. I, I I think I just take advantage of opportunities as I see them, which is what an entrepreneur and I position does. myself, you know, smartly to be able to 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 exploit those opportunities. Tick, if just tick two boxes <laughs> right there. Tick tick. Um, um, I appreciate that, sir. Mm. And 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 in terms of uh, this company, does it then uh, provide services for your current? I don't know whether to call them an employer well, or another I'm, partner. I'm employed. Currently, mm. I'm employed mm. as general manager at mm. Yaruna FM. Okay. So it's not via Radio Works, but I've done work for them, mm -hmm. for Yaruna FM and the YMH Group and via Radio Works from a consulting platform, both here and in Zambia. And if and when they need services, you're available? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. To the YMH Group, definitely. So does Radio Works work independently on its own? It's got its own staff? And it used to. Currently, after COVID, mm. yeah, no, things mm. became pretty interesting mm -hmm. during COVID. So operations were kind of like put to a hold. I even changed focus from broadcasting and entertainment and really got involved in sales and marketing. Mm. Yeah, so COVID really kind of forced me to pivot mm -hmm. and exploit skills that I hadn't really realized that I actually had at mm. the time. And uh, it's, it's, it was a good run. You know, so I, COVID I survived COVID. Absolutely, in a, in a way, in, in a, a way, way, in a way. Yeah. If if you are right, if you had the right mindset yeah. to 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 you know open up and see how you could navigate through it, yeah. Because for me, it also was a wake up call. Yeah, COVID was a wake up call. Like, mm. yo, mm. man, the world is changing. Mm. You know, things aren't what they used to be. Make a plan. During those initial two two months when we cocooned in our homes, how did you manage? I was sitting down. Uh, doing nothing. I was uh, living off savings. Um, I was strategizing, trying to figure out. And by, by the way, when COVID happened, I was sitting on some really nice deals and projects mm. that were just waiting for sign off. Mm. That changed to a postponement. Mm. It changed to a budget adjustment. It changed to a cancellation. Mm. You know. And then I was like, okay, Owen Rampa. What do you have right now? What is in your arsenal? And I was like, well, there's Mr. Otawatut. There's a lot of goodwill that you've created mm -hmm. over the years. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of your DJing career, mm -hmm. you made people feel good for so long. Mm -hmm. um, if you can leverage off that goodwill mm -hmm. and find something that you can package and market and sell, hey, you can keep your head above water. Yeah. And that's how uh, Mr. Owamadila and Mr. Owamahapu came to be. We'll come to those guys, but tell us about Otsabatsutsu as a concept. Is it like your alter ego? Uh, I don't know if alter ego is the word, but um, a long time ago I, I realized that I would need to separate my DJing from my day job. So my day job has always been radio and broadcasting, which transitioned into management. Mm. My night job, my passion and my hobby has been the DJing. So I didn't want to come into the DJ game as Owen Rampa. You know, a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine named Robbie Rob, Robin Chivaza, gave me that I name. I know him. Yeah, mm -hmm. gave me the name, yeah, Mr. O. Mm. At first I didn't like it, mm. but it was unique. It was catchy. It was two syllables. Mm. I mean, pretty much two words, Mr. O. Mm. So I was like, it's easy to remember. Mm. Uh, it will look good on a cap. Mm. Um, it's, it's, it's easily digestible, you know? Okay, so I, I took it. But then I was like, there's something missing. Mm. 
Then I wanted to relate. I wanted to relate to Mozana Gohai across the board. I didn't want you to think about my tagline, but what does it mean? Mm. And that's how I came up with Tabatut, mm. which basically describes how hot I am mm. on the decks mm. when I'm DJing mm. at the time. I mean, I don't DJ half as much as I used to, mm. you know, but at the time, I was like, I'm going to leave these decks on fire. Mm. So you need to, when I step on there, you need to mm. fear all this heat. That's how that came about. Yeah. And it caught on like wildfire, pun mm. intended. Yeah, 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 <laughs> it did. Yeah. And, and why have you decided to slow down in that, in that area? Um, I, I, I'm, I'm passionate about farming mm -hmm. these days. I'm, I'm passionate, I'm forever passionate, passionate about radio broadcasting management nurturing uh, uh, new talent, you know, mm. discovering new talent, you know, finding new ways to position the broadcast product in this ever-evolving, you know, uh, landscape. Mm. So DJing, as much as I love it, the way it's transitioned to mm. how it is today, mm. I don't really have the energy. Like, I don't play festival gigs anymore, for mm. example. Mm. It's because of the, the admin of of the cues getting to the venue, the cues getting out of the venue, mm. you know, playing at 2 a.m. in the morning is not my thing anymore. Yeah, yeah. So you'll find me at cafes now, you know, private events. I do a lot of corporate events. Oh, you still do? Yeah, I do a lot of corporate yeah. events. So that's the market that I'm very happy serving now. Mm. I think everything comes at its own stage. Everything evolves. It evolves. So yeah. that's why I'm focused yeah, now. Yeah. I, I want to be in bed by, yeah. by 11 p.m., by midnight, yeah. Yeah. honestly. Makes sense, yeah. <laughs> Sales and marketing, um, you see, this is sort of uh, what's triggered by COVID. But yeah, it, for yeah, me, yeah. You, you clearly had the DNA for sales and marketing. But when did it now become a focus? Definitely. Um, I'd say for me, personally, in terms of developing my own revenue streams around or from sales and marketing, it was mm. during COVID. Mm -hmm. But I had been honing them while I was stationed in Zambia mm. uh, at, a, at a broadcast entity called uh, Phoenix FM. Mm -hmm. I was very involved in the sales and, and marketing process. How long process. were you there for? I was there for three and a half years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I got there. In Lusaka? Around, in Lusaka, yeah. Mm -hmm. it was actually, it's actually the, I think it was the second private commercial broadcaster in Zambia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it was the largest mm -hmm. for many years. And then uh, we came in, you know, and kind of like whipped it into shape because mm -hmm. they had been mm -hmm. faltering. When you say we, you mean? The team that the I, team, yeah. I, 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 I that you created there. there. Yeah. yeah. So that's where, you know, I learned about, you know, pricing strategies, mm -hmm. you know, market research and uh, development, being able to retain clients, being able to grow clients, understanding why clients are dormant, finding all those details, mm. packaging uh, a product to serve a particular target mm -hmm. and delivering on that promise all the time. So I kind of like honed that when I was in Zambia. And then I applied those principles and others when now when COVID hit and I was looking for something to do, yeah. you know. Incidentally, are there any uh, differences that you notice that are worth mentioning between the Botswana market, radio and market, the, and, and the Zambian, Zambian one? First and foremost, you'll be surprised to hear that there's uh, about 110 radio stations in Zambia. It's mm, a big number. And about 45 of them, if I'm not mistaken, are in Lusaka. Mm -hmm. So the market is highly competitive. That's for sure. Mm. But also audience attitudes. Uh, we think we're conservative uh, in Botswana. The Zambian audience is, is conservative. Ultra conservative. Um, I wouldn't say ultra, but mm. <laughs> definitely more conservative <laughs> than, than, than the Botswana audience. Um, yeah. um, it's also interesting in terms of 
the many different dialects mm-hmm. spoken in Zambia. I think at last count, it was about 73 or 72. Mm. So that's an interesting uh, thing to grapple with when you when you create broadcasting content. Mm. Uh, also, I picked up something. Uh, it's not, this is not a, a scientific study, but I just picked it up in engagements with my friends that I, that I was hanging out with in Zambia, mm. that they're very literal, you know, in terms of... Um, perception of information even in conversation i picked it up mm-hmm. it could have been my circle of friends i'm not literal? saying this yeah in t- like literal mm. very yeah. literal if they i don't, they don't have time for yeah parables um, or sarcasm and, and and stuff like that it's not really something that you, you would you would get away with a lot in yeah, yeah. In, so I'm, I'm not i don't know if it was just my friends my yeah, circle yeah, of friends yeah or if it's representative of mm-hmm. you know but it was a fantastic place to, to, to live in. Mm. The, the people are warm and friendly, very hospitable. The food is amazing. Mm. Um, um, yeah, the culture. Okay. Being exposed to that for me was, wow. was a big learning experience. Mm. I really loved it. If I could get a holiday home in Lusaka, mm. trust me, I'd take it. Mm. But you never considered settling there and working there, making it your, your home? Um, no. Mm. I always, I've always had a soft spot for Botswana. Mm. I mean, I've been given opportunities even before in my early parts of my career to relocate to SA, where the big time is. Yeah. And I've always believed, why don't we create the big time in Botswana? You know, if we keep exporting our best talent, then what, is, what are we left with here? Mm-hmm. Who is going to develop and the grow talents, the talents yeah. here mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. equip them to be great at what they do? So I've always had a soft spot for, yeah. for, for, Seems for Botswana. Seems like people eventually come back. I think even DJ Fresh, I heard, is back. Yeah, he spends a lot of time here now. Mm. He's um, building up on some stuff that he wants to really yeah. throw his weight behind here. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't say he's back. You okay. know, he's still based in SA. Let's talk about people who impacted you. Is he one of them? And are there any other names beyond the initial ones you mentioned? I'd say Sydney Baitzile, mm-hmm. DJ said, for believing in me, mm-hmm. for believing in this young upstart kid, mm-hmm. you know, and giving him a shot. All right. Um, DJ Fresh is up there. Skizo is up there as guys who were pioneers in the game mm. and gave me an ear when I needed one. That's the thing. These guys could have closed themselves off from people like us, mm. but they were forever ready to answer questions, to show the way, to even um, impart skills in terms mm. of time, in mm. terms of training. You know, So they also taught me that, that, hey, look, man, mm. pay it forward. There's nothing wrong with that. And that's something I, I, I believe in yeah. strongly. And then there was Kosi um, Cosmas Mapare. I don't know if a lot of people know that he used to be like one of the most dangerous DJs in this country. I used to dance to his music. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I know, mean, I know. Factually, uh, here in Gabs, there he was. Yeah. And he gave me access to his music. Mm. And this is way back then, mm. in you know late 90s, early 2000s. He mm. gave me access to his music. And mm. that is a hell of a library mm. you know fresh gave me access to his music or skido mm. gave me access to his music so i was lucky enough to build networks mm. and rapport with very established guys in the game who mentored me and showed me the way like i learned a very simple lesson very early on always be on time mm. you know that thing is like such a simple simple concept but if you practice it mm. What it does to your stock. You came on time to this interview. (laughs) (laughs) What it does to your stock, because Mm. it leads to dependability. That's the perception you are given. Mm. And when you are dependable, 
people are more amenable to whatever else you may require. Absolutely. Mm. So I learned that very early on. So I'm mm. never late to gigs. Mm. I'm never late to meetings. Mm. And you, you learned know, it from these giants. I learned it from these giants, mm. just by paying attention, asking the right questions, and learning. I yeah. even learned the same thing. Even, I practiced mm. the same thing even in my sales processes. Mm. Like if I'm setting up um, my sales store, and I'm saying I'll be there at 3.30, mm. I'm there at 3.10. Yeah. I'm there ready and waiting. No matter what. At 310. Mm. Oh, that's very good. Now, what about internationally? Any heroes or people there that you look up to? There's a, a wild broadcaster called Howard Stern. <laughs> I know of him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I find him really interesting because he's constantly pushing the envelope. He's not your, your average content mm. deliverer. He's always looking for the... He's what you call a shock jock. Mm. He's always looking for the. Is he transitioning to television now? I'm, I'm to, not sure. Last to I used, the likes last of I used to catch American Got Talent. Was on satellite uh, radio. That's mm -hmm. where I, I, I last caught him. But yeah, he was a judge on one of the, his mm. talent shows. Yeah. Um, he was unique in terms of his approach mm. on air, and he was fearless. Mm. You know, so I, I, that, I found that inspiring, but I knew just how far we would get away with such mm. in Botswana. So and he's famous yeah. for interviewing Donald Trump in the early days. Absolutely, yeah, he, he's, he used to do. He's interviewed all he's sorts of Jewish, people from all, but, all but walks of life. But he also used to walk a very fine line between what's. Uh, I mean, he certainly is not politically correct. No, you could never describe him mm, yeah. as, as such. Yeah. And then um, the late Bob Mabena from SA, mm -hmm. huge impact on from me. From Radio Bob days. Radio Bob. I remember. I think him. Metro Kaya. Um, just his, his whole career, mm -hmm. very impactful on me in terms of how he also transitioned from broadcasting mm -hmm. to management yeah. on, on the back end of, of radio. What are the prospects of radio here, based here, penetrating up north? Um, before we get into that, please, can I also point out one, yes. another very key impactful mentor, yes. who also happens to be a very good friend of mine, mm -hmm. Dumi Lopang. Mm-hmm. Is he the owner of uh, the station or part owner? Yeah, he's part of the, the shareholders. He's uh, on the board of directors. Of, 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 uh, of uh, Yarona. Yes. Um, Dumi and I met in 99. It's been an interesting journey from the broadcasting side of things. I mean, we speak the same language when it comes to what needs to happen on radio and how radio needs to be shaped and where it needs to go. Mm. Uh, so he's been very impactful, even just in... Uh, management principles teaching me, you know, mentoring me along those lines. Mm. And also on the back end, the business side of radio, mm. we've, I've had very big learning opportunities mm. from him. I know yeah. he does business in Zambia now that you mention him. Mm. Yeah. Mm. All right. Let's talk about uh, uh, the prospect of radio penetrating up north if you're talking expansion. What I know is that the regulator is in the process of granting licenses to campus broadcasters. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know if the... What are campus broadcasters? Like tertiary institutions. Yes. So like stations that will be based on campus. Yes. For, yes. for students and the immediate lo locality. Mm -hmm. I don't know if any of the, the colleges up north have applied. Mm. I, I'm not sure about that. But if, if they have, then mm -hmm. there's that, that channel, that possibility. Yes. Um, there are also considering licensing additional FM broadcasters, like mm. traditional you know, terrestrial broadcasters. Mm. I don't know if those licenses will be national or regional. So the possibility is mm. it exists. It's big. How as come, long as that's... Yeah. No, that I'm asking in the context of 
expansion but i'm also it's popping into my head that you can easily get motuedi here but i doubt if you can easily get radio stations from here in that's, South that's, Africa. A, that's a transmitter that's a transmitter issue it's also uh, a compliance issue mm. i know there's been uh, conversations around that filtering that you know mm. filtering into the territory arona mm. and the other stations mm. outside of botswana mm. but also when you think about it maybe those things have been overtaken by time you can stream any broadcast service from anywhere in the world online online you, you know mm. so we you don't should need also a license for we that. All, exactly we should also take advantage mm. of those and are we those doing opportunities that? Are we beginning to do that um stations are we are streaming online as mm. yarn fm mm-hmm. um i think so are the other commercial broadcasters um but are we taking full advantage of the opportunities in there i think mm. we, we we have yet to see yeah, uh, yeah. full exploitation Let's talk about Madila and Mahap <laughs> because that's another that's my edit. hustle. Yeah, that's your side hustle. Yeah, that's my side hustle alongside DJing. Yes. So, we're sitting there we're having a conversation with my mom. Mm. COVID is irapere. Mm. And she talks to me like how she wants to. She's she had been re- she had recently retired. My mom had a fantastic uh, career over 30 years in the education sector moves on. She had recently retired and she says one like about talking somebody I'm like let me help you build that business mm. I'm, I'm not doing anything right now you mm. know and then I sat there and I thought about it like okay but anybody can sell madila mm. everybody sells madila mm. how are you going to make an impact into this particular space mm. and make it different than somebody else who's selling it down the road from you mm. so that was my first pain points like mm. this is what i need to address mm. um in order to get this product off the ground mm. so then we spoke about the type of madila that we were going to sell so we agreed that listen madila rona kona madila ho dinga didimetse that's what we'll stick with right what does that mean uh, it means habo mm-hmm. tlokotha it's not too bitter yes yes asaring ha ja ba betsa mo tswa ho yeah yeah i know what you mean yes that's yeah. what they mean habar madila didimetse yeah yeah so we I asked around and like, that's through processing. Absolutely, that's through processing. Yes. Mm. It's through uh, just how much you allow it to ferment. Mm. Then I went around checking out my dealer spots, you know, people who sell Madila, doing market research on the pricing. Mm. I realized there was a lack of packaging going on, you know. I also realized, you know, presentation mm. was a bit, you know. So yeah. I was like, okay, so that's another thing I'll take care of. Mm. And then I worked on the perception I'm like, you know what? You're going to attach your rep and name to this. So it's going to be Mr. O. Mm. It's going to be Madila ha Mr. O so that it's instantly recognizable. Mm. So I just leveraged on the goodwill, which was what yeah. I was talking about earlier that I yeah, had built yeah. over these years. Mm. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to target Madila ga Benz and I'm going to deliver it to your doorstep mm-hmm. in a Merc so that it looks good. Mm. And you believe that it's the freshest madila in town because of the presentation. Mm. And been presented with the milk. Absolutely. Mm. And what used to amaze me is that the first deliveries I did, guys actually couldn't believe it mm. that not only was it me, mm. it was me in a milk mm. and I was delivering madila. Like Usira is delivering madila <laughs> in a Mercedes. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yes, yes. madila gabens. Yeah. And it took <laughs> off. 
Yeah. You know, and at the time, no one was thinking about doing door-to-door -door deliveries. This is two years ago, right? Yeah. Mm. No one was thinking about doing door-to-door -door deliveries for something like Madila. Mm. So that was a gap that I, I saw. Yeah. And then we also put our product... That's when petrol was still affordable, by the way. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> just in passing. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we found a way to keep our, our product nice and cool in the summer, mm -hmm. you know, to further also slow down the, the fermentation process. Yes. And yeah. Did it, you have to bring scientists and experts to advice on that? Uh, no. Just, just put just, it in ice. Just Google and. I just put it in ice. I mm. just put it in ice. Because mm. if it's in the sun, process is out well. And then I then went heavy in terms of the promo on Facebook. Mm. And then it went viral. Wow. And now people were taking pictures of themselves. Purchasing the product, mm. um, how they were eating the product, what they were pairing it with. I had people who were baking with it. Mm. You know, uh, it was, it, I just watched this thing then turn into uh, get it a life of its own. Mm. Then we had the right pricing, uh, and it worked. So and we how's, that. how's it running now? It's doing pretty okay. Mm. Winter season just came out, so production is super low. winter. Yeah, yeah. But we're going back into the, into the summer. Mm. And you'll see additional... Okay, but what about sourcing the original product, namely the milk, to do the madila? Yeah. What's involved in that? But you have plenty of that or what? Yes. <laughs> oh, you've, <laughs> meaning you've crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's, but I'm curious as to how you've done that. Uh, the sourcing, the, the getting the... Did you have to get into... into we, got, we, got in, we, we got into some smart partnerships mm -hmm. to augment what we already had in terms of the uh, home. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then the development of the process that was done. Madila. This was very something that is very stringent. Kako sa ideng yaro na kung kudiro ay ing ha kudiro ing. And you're doing the traditional well, way absolutely with with, with, with zero additives, mm -hmm. zero flavorants. And you use the you use the letal. You use the well, not anymore. Lukuga la rasa letal. But kilukuga release lukuga because it goes up the tree and it's strained. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Using just a plastic, maybe. Well, not a plastic, but I'm not sharing much. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's uh, it's copyrighted material. Okay. All right. Now, let's. I want us to to just talk about diversification, not from just the point of view of government saying, oh, look, diversifying from diamonds, but the importance of diversification coming at the back of COVID, and how this message is being propagated now and how you'd want to articulate it to the youngsters watching you on, on, on this platform? What can I say? We can't overstress the importance mm. of diversifying and finding a way to develop additional income streams. But it's also a mindset thing. It's an attitude thing. You know, how far are you going to push yourself out of your comfort zone to make those plans and then execute them? And we're talking legally and legitimately mm, here. Mm. You know, how far? I mean, it was totally out of my comfort zone to sit under a tree and slug Madila to the public. Mm. And then there came an opportunity for watermelons. Mm. And I went through the same process again. Mm. So it's a step-by-step -step process to find what's missing, mm -hmm. find how you can uh, take care of that gap uniquely. What's your unique selling proposition? Mm. And how to take it to market, and how to create awareness around it. But so many people have so many skills. Mm. Some of them are innate, and they require tapping into. Uh, 
Some of it is talent, which still needs to be polished into skills, but that process takes time, mm. dedication, and commitment. Mm. I mean, as a DJ, I've done, I've achieved things as a DJ, as a DJ, mm. that um, I think I only second to, to fresh mm. during the time that I was really into this DJing thing, you know? But I that's believe because, that. That's why I call you the GOAT. Mm. But that's because I took the time to really, you know, dedicate myself to the art, to mm. the craft, and learn as many skills as I could that were relevant at the time and could take me to the next level. Mm. I mean, I've been on world tours. I've played pretty much every Even South in Florida Africa. you've played there, yeah? Uh, Vegas. Course. Yeah, Vegas, yeah. Um, Detroit. Uh, Los Angeles. Cape Town, Durban, Malaysia. You name it's, it. It's been, it's been a fantastic journey, but mm. it didn't fall from the sky. Mm. Before my first ever DJ performance, I had been practicing for four hours a day, every day for eight months. Mm. You told me. You know, you for four me. hours a yeah. day, every day for eight yeah. months, before yeah. my first ever mm. DJ gig where I was playing a public performance live in front of people. So dedication is So key. dedication, taking your talent and turning it into a skill mm. requires that level of dedication. Mm. I had a talent in terms of an ear for music. Mm. I could tell this is a nice song mm. and people might move mm. to the song. But then I took that and shaped it into and a that, skill. Yeah, and that you cultivate it. You cultivate that. Right. So that mindset, Yahore, let's not focus on just one channel. What is it that I can do, mm. that I can do well, that I can then um, develop into a money generation channel on and that, then market on, that? On that point, let's share your experiences with Mahapu specifically, oh. how it all started there. So I've always loved I love the taste. I love them. But I had beef with uh, I don't know how to explain that. Like, I want mine crunchy. I mm. want them crisp. No, but I'm going isn't it? Yeah. Mm. So, I was like, how do we, how do we get to want. Mm. I have an uncle who's a, a master farmer. He's passionate about this, this agriculture stuff. Mm. So one time, it's at his 50th birthday, he decides to have this 50th birthday party at his farm. And I get there early, and I see this vast expanse, yeah, tilled land. And I'm like, mm. He's like, hey, So we sat down. Mm. Like, okay, I'll tell you what. You take care of the farming, I'll take care of the selling. Mm-hmm. And then I did the same. I found out, well, what do people like about Mahabu, what don't they like about Mahabu? And I came did back, market research. Yes, and I came back and I said to Rangwan, or listen, crunchy and crisp, mm. and fresh, and let's get the right price. Mm. Sukir as in sweet. sweet. Mm. And you know, juicy and fresh and crunchy and crisp, mm. and the right size. Yes. And then I sat down and then I built a sales pitch, you know, I read a book which completely changed my sales and marketing approach. And this book was talking about the demand economy, which I found mind-blowing. Mm. And this guy in this book was basically saying, everybody understands the basic principles of supply and demand. Mm. You know, like there will be a demand and you will fill it with supply. There will mm. be a demand for a particular product, you will fill it with supply. Everybody mm. understands that. Mm. But now the demand economy is about the demand of your customer 
on your actual product or service? What is the customer expectation? You know, so back to even the lesson here, Madila. Mm. The customers were saying, how about Madila or Kiri Tsenga flour? How about the Madila Zenzung Tataric acid? Amanga Atokahadua Gavinica. How about the Madila Anka? How about the Madila Abo Tokotata? So that was their demand mm. on the product and the service. And yeah. that's what we delivered. Mm. Same thing, Amahapu. Harat Mahapu Agaring. Abotobeyana wanted sweet. I said, come on, Mahapu Asukirika. And he says to me, Actually, there's a variety of watermelons here mm-hmm. that are known to be sweet. We That's can you already see go get the get and we can do this thing. Mm-hmm. I want yeah. and that is the information that I shared when I built the sales pitch that I then put on social media. Mm-hmm. I was like, I have the biggest, sweetest, crunchiest, mm-hmm. juiciest, and freshest watermelons in the city mm-hmm. at this price. And then what we did was that we kept our brand promise, mm-hmm. which is very crucial. If I'm going to tell you that it's fresh and it's always on time, mm-hmm. if that's my sales pitch to you, mm-hmm. then it better be fresh and always on time mm-hmm. when you pay for it. You know, so that's um, how we moved wow. tons mm-hmm. of watermelon um, during the watermelon season. And now okay. we've actually even expanded our our uh, hectare. So they go straight from farm to the consumer. Is that how it works? Yes, sir. Okay. From farm. Because you you found that keeping them on a a shelf somewhere doesn't work. No, it doesn't. Even keeping them on concrete Mm. spoils them. Tell us why why that is so. Explain. Actually, I have no real understanding. My uncle is better positioned to explain that part. Speed. Mm. So what you need to do is find a, a nice little grass patch, patch mm. collapsing, mm. or only mooting mm. under some shade, and they'll last you for weeks. Mm-hmm. And even uh, you can put them in the fridge, obviously, you mm. know, if you've got space. Mm. But I learned these things from him, Hans mm. Ritzolets, because I always try and suck up as much yeah. knowledge as I can. In so you don't have I any challenge uh, relating to oh, Chopis doesn't buy our Mahapu our products. We actually are. We, don't have that uh, we are supplying some of the the the, 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 the um, retail stores. Oh, with our product. Okay. Yeah. So there's some retail, some direct consumer. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, di- no preference either way. Either way is fine. Because you're paid cash <laughs> and delivered. COD. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and right. also the other thing that we did, we did just like with Mahapu, we did, we started delivering. Okay. We started delivering watermelons door to door. All right. Mm-hmm. What did you say is the state of radio at the moment? Radio is experiencing interesting times. Mm-hmm. I think there's some challenges, but I think they can be overcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, perception is everything. Reality is nothing. Mm. Radio is still the most influential, widely accessed, wi- widely accessed media in Botswana. And I will speak for the Botswana context. Mm. Right? It uh, hasn't been shaken by social media. Contrary to popular belief, it's still the go-to medium for new music. Contrary to popular belief, it's still the go-to channel mm. for new music amongst the vast majority of Mm. people yes there are niches there are markets who access new music on the internet who Mm. access new music via whatsapp Mm -hmm. we understand that has it been shaken by the advent of social media and all these other multiple platforms that exist absolutely Mm. does this signal the death of radio as we know it no radio survived video Mm. And what the video killed the radio star back mm. in the 80s. <laughs> That's a song. <laughs> yeah. You know, it survived television. Mm. 
it survived um, every other transition. Is it because it's consumed mostly when people are doing other things? It's because you can access it anyhow, anywhere. It's mm. a great companion. Mm. But it's also free for you to consume. Mm. Right? It's free for you to consume. And radio is adaptable. Mm. As much as you can catch radio on your radio set because mm -hmm. of the terrestrial transmitters, you can catch it on your phone. Mm -hmm. So that's one device you carry with it wherever you go. So how does the future look for it then? The future looks good. As long as radio continues to adapt and embrace mm. the power that is presented by the digital platforms. Mm. Radio must stop competing with mm. digital platforms. Mm -hmm. Radio must embrace. Radio must find its audience where it's at. Is it doing that? Is, is for instance, uh, Yaro not doing Absolutely. That? With you, they are. No, no, no. I'm not going to say with me. <laughs> I'm going to say the strategy going forward definitely mm. is to exploit yeah. and include our digital platforms mm -hmm. within our entire operation and exploit them to their maximum potential. Mm. So that's where we're headed. We've already started. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't ignore the fact that um, digital exists. Mm. We're not going to brush it away. No. Right? But digital mobile zona is not going to kill radio. Yeah. Uh, radio must do the right things. We need to develop the right talent. We need to deliver the content that the audience wants. We're mm. past telling the audience mm. what they want. We're past that. Nowadays, the audience, in fact, today's it audience dictates, what, it dictates mm. what they want because it's all around them and they can find it anywhere else. Yeah. You know? So as long as our attitude is little, now we're very, very conversant and aware of the environment we're operating in, we'll be fine. If mm. we drop the ball, it's on us. Yeah, yeah. It's on us as broadcasters. But youngster wanting to start in, for instance, if you rewind and think about yourself, you could, if you could go on a, on a time machine and imagine a youngster who was in your position then now, mm. would you still recommend it? And, and, and questions like, is there Zaga coming to play? Is there reputational uh, uh, strength in radio? Is there, uh, you know, uh, long-term career in radio? What would you say? What's your advice to those youngsters trying to grapple with this question? I've built a long-term career on radio. Mm. Um, there's many other examples outside of me that have built long-term careers in radio and broadcasting and entertainment. I think let's look at it also from that perspective. Yeah, yeah. Because some of the principles apply. Mm. Um, yes, there's opportunities that exist because of the evolving nature of the medium also. Now there's opportunities in copywriting. There's opportunities for videographers. Mm. There's opportunities for photographers. Mm. Um, there's opportunities for event specialists. So it's no longer just a presenter and a microphone and a click of a button and playing a song. Mm. You know, there's opportunities for content producers, you know, great marketers with great marketing minds. So there's a whole sphere of opportunity around broadcasting. Mm. And also, when we speak about Dizaga, does radio pay all that well, Mobozwana? That's relative. But it opens doors to, bigger to you, things. to mm. bigger things, if you are willing to exploit those opportunities. Mm. They're there. Mm -hmm. Radio gives you this platform where your voice is heard, where your face eventually is seen because of these mm. digital assets, where you're able to create a reputation, to create goodwill mm. uh, because your, of the nature yeah. of the business. Even your own unique brand. Absolutely. Mm. And now you can leverage on those mm. to put Dizaga mm. Mopadi. It's mm. really about how you play this. Mm -hmm. I mean, those cards are in front of you. Mm. It's really about how you play those cards. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's a very good answer. 
All right. Are you ready to ask me a question, sir? But maybe before you do, um, how are you mentoring the youngsters and what opportunities are you exploring for mentorship? I've been into mentorship since day two. Mm. You know, um, I've built a track record as a, a very skillful talent coach. So I'm always ready, mm. always ready to, to give advice. I'm always ready to, you know, shine a guiding light. I'm always ready to train. You know, one of the things that we, we, we did go Radio Works was actually train radio talent. Um, but my skills in mentorship and training aren't just around radio and broadcasting. You know, because of the experience I've gathered over the years, even just business mentorship, understanding um, how you, sh you, you can fix, mm -hmm. you know, a pain point within a particular SMME, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm good with that. I mm -hmm. pick up these mistakes when I talk Mm. to my guys and when we do mentorship I pick up some of the most basic and rudimentary errors yeah. that are easily fixable if you have someone saying to you Ish, avoid ABCDFG you know, avoid making decisions on anticipated income mm. these, are, these are basic yeah, errors yeah. That, that, <laughs> that, that inexperienced people make <laughs> exactly yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> sorry yeah. Uh, but I'm always ready mm. uh, uh, it's something I enjoy mm. I enjoy imparting knowledge mm. I, I really do it's yeah. something that excites me yeah. and also to watch someone go through the light bulb moments mm. you know when you've given someone a skill and to watch them take that skill and use it mm. and grow in leaps and bounds I mean I could give you a whole list mm. of people that I've shaped and impacted on mm. who've done great things and I sit there looking at them proudly that wow, wow. you know I remember when this was a wily yeah, yeah. little kid you know curious, mm. but showed passion, showed hunger, mm. and when put to the test, showed commitment. Because yeah. you know, mm. some people, when put to the test, mm. they start to falter. Yeah, you know, yeah. you kind of like feel like, Ish, mm. you're being a bit too hard on me, you're being a bit too overbearing, mm. you're asking for a bit too much, mm. and you're like, you know what, the world... But you need to. The, the world, world is going to do is gonna much do worse. Much worse. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you need to show that <laughs> attitude of a winner. You need to toughen today. up. You need to toughen up. You need to show that attitude of a winner today mm. because, Ish, you need to do the things you need to do today so you can do the things you want to do tomorrow. Wow. That actually is something I picked up from a movie. Mm. One time I'm chilling. That thing also really hit you me. You need really to do the things. You have to do the things you need to do today so, so that, that you can do the things you want to do tomorrow. Wow. You know, and I got that from a movie, a Denzel that, Washington that, movie. That's, that's delayed gratification yeah. right there. Got that yeah. from a Denzel Washington, and I was like, what? I rewinded that. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, man. This is powerful. This is it yeah, yeah, right here, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. Any question for me, sir? You're putting me on the spot. Mm. You, um, you, you really are uh, remote. But mm. I'm curious. Mm. This year, 2022, I'm going to ask you this question. In terms of economic outlook, right? Mm. Looking at inflation, let's not look into the, the recent measures that have been taken by, by our government to, you know, well, cushion. You mean literally yesterday. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> Is it a good year for business? Is this a recovery year? Yeah. You know, that's really what I want to ask you. Are you feeling positive about that? Mm. Or, you know, I, I, Ukraine, Russia, all the drama we're experiencing. I'm going to have answered the question in a way mm. that most people will be disgusted. I'm going to say that it is up to you as an individual mm. to decide whether or not to participate if there's a recession in one, if there's one. It's up to you as an individual to decide whether or not 
to participate in a depression if there is one. Mm. The key decisive factor for success, for sustenance, and for upward mobility is within you. It's how you respond to conditions that surround you. I can show you people who have prospered beyond belief during the so-called recession. Mm. I can show you people who prospered beyond belief during the so-called pandemic. Mm. So I tend not to buy in into the noise around me. Yes, it affects me. Yes, people could quit here and there. But overall, I've structured my mindset in such a way that I do not tolerate, um, you know, uh, even considering the possibility of a downturn, mm. even considering the possibility of a reversal. Mm. Yes, there may be stagnation while you're working through certain things, but ultimately your upward mobility, your upward trajectory is up to you. I believe that firmly. I can refer you to examples. I can refer you to books I've read. I can refer you to examples I've had in my own life that have shown that I've maintained that upward trajectory regardless of circumstances. Uh, there's a gentleman called uh, Napoleon Bonaparte who is a, a big, big player in history. When his, um, you know, his generals used to report to him about the challenges that were happening, circumstances, they say, he used to respond, circumstances! What circumstances? I make circumstances! So I've come to in, embrace that mindset of Napoleon. And it works for me. Call it about self, call it self-deception, call it self-delusion. It works for me, and I've seen it working for a lot of other people. I don't know if I've answered your question. A good friend of mine always says, find a way or make a way. Mm. You've answered me perfectly, so I appreciate okay. it. But that's the real entrepreneur okay. over there. All right. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Thank you, sir. Please uh, take a look at that camera and uh, inspire those people who may be watching there. Leave them with something to take home. You can achieve, I mean, this is so cliched, but it's so true. You can achieve anything you set your mind to, as long as you're willing to put in the time, the dedication, the effort, the work, the practice. Every single great performance or artist or delivery or Anything that shows great success that you've seen happening around you has had all those things behind it. You know, the hard work, the dedication, the time, the effort, the passion, the upskilling, self-development. So you can really do anything you put your mind to as long as you're backing it up with all those things. Yes, it's tired. You hear it a lot. But I've seen it happen left, right, and center all around me. I try and practice it as much as possible. All right. Tell them how they can um, contact you, social media, elsewhere. Owen Rampa on Facebook. Uh, Owen Rampa on Instagram. Um, what's it? Mr. O Tsabatutu is my page on Facebook. And uh, I believe Mr. O Tutu on Twitter. Although I'm not really... Yeah, but anyway, you can find me there. You can send me an email, radioworksbw at gmail.com. You can pop into my office, you know, call us, Square on FM. Let us build some really cool campaigns for you. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much for coming. You did a great job, sir. Thank you. Thank you.